Welcome to The Walking Man Podcast. My name is Ryan Alger, and I am The Walking Man. I give you my freedom for your money style. Hey everybody, how's it going? Uh, we're back. Um, I'm just going to start right off with, I'm a little grumpy this morning doing this. So that happens. It happens to the best of us. Um, just... You know, some things going on doing this podcast. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, trying to have it grow. But I, as I said before, I don't want it to be work. It's been really fun. And I guess over the last day or two, some part of it has been a little bit of work. And that's made me a little grouchy, maybe. Uh, so we've hit some great numbers or good numbers. I mean, I, I actually, I don't know what they are, but they're numbers. We've hit some certain numbers in some milestones, apparently. Um, over a thousand plays, over 150 listeners per week. Uh, there's like four or five countries, probably one listener there. Um, some other things, uh, metric wise, uh, I guess that we've hit that we've been asked or allowed or presented with some advertising opportunities. Um, and I, and I'll tell you, I just don't have it in me. Uh, I don't, I don't never don't do sales real well. I don't like to try to make people do stuff they don't want to do. I really don't. I don't. I just, that's never been my thing. So, um, you know, we hit a part on Spotify and we're not even on Spotify that much. Actually, 65% of our users are on Apple podcasts and only 25% are on Spotify, but we've hit certain Spotify numbers that, um, they send you some ad stuff where you can try to get people to go on Spotify and like start their own podcast and do all that stuff. And if we get people to go to Spotify, all that you can get some type of pay from that. And I'm just not going to do that. I guess I just did it, but I'm not going to do it in a formal way um, because I just don't, it doesn't, it doesn't get my motor going. Um, and then also some products, I guess there's products out there food wise that um, they're like snacks, you know, pre-made snacky things that you eat that are supposed to be the same as eating real food and doing the fasting and all that stuff. And, and maybe it is, I don't know. All that stuff to me just skirts around what I'm about and trying to do and what I'm thinking about and where I'm going to go. And so I've been doing a lot of thinking about that the last 24 hours uh, on this weekend. And I told a story in the last episode about my grandfather who smoked forever. I mean, 60 plus years, probably seven, actually 70 plus years. Cause he died. He was 88 and he smoked. Well, started smoking in his teens. So, well, 70 years he smoked and you know, that didn't really affect him because he, he lived pretty health. He had a pretty good health span. Uh, he wasn't like he was an invalid at, at a late age or any of that stuff. He was driving and living by himself in his eight, well into his eighties, late eighties. So it didn't really affect him, but it's funny because I thinking about that story, he also ate phenomenal, right? So we leave that part out. He ate phenomenally. He ate unbelievably. And that's just what you got to do. Like there's no, there's no way to cheat that. So I don't have that for you. I don't have a product or a snack or a thing you can eat out of a box that's gonna do the same thing as eating real food that has nutrients, that's not processed. That doesn't, isn't full of chemicals. I don't have that. And and if it, it exists out there, I'm probably not going to find it. Uh, that's probably somebody else is going to do that. I'm going to keep changing and doing things with 
real stuff that I read about and learn about and all that stuff. I told you about my little salt thing I'm going through right now. And there's a couple other things that I'm interested in that I'm going to read more about. I'm interested in mushrooms, not the psychedelic kind, but the, the benefits of mushrooms. I'm interested in that. Uh, I don't know if that's a fatty thing that's just happening right now, but I'm interested. Like anything piques my interest and I'll learn more about it. All that stuff. But like getting back to my grandfather, I mean, he ate phenomenal. He Italian guy. My, my mom's side of the family, they all are phenomenal cooks. My mother's a phenomenal cook. She's really healthy, late into life, exercises a lot. And my grandfather ate, I mean, always had a garden, always grew his own food and vegetables and made soups and ate it. I mean, the only thing he probably ate that was even remotely bad for him, a little bit of pasta, he ate pasta, Italian guy, ate some bread, but he like made his own bread, made his own meals. I mean, you know, he wasn't eating garbage. Like, and that's when I say garbage, like in the grocery stores, all that stuff, it's all the stuff we eat, man. It's all full of chemicals. I, you want me to define it? Here's a definition for you. Go read the labels. Go read the labels. See what stuff you can't pronounce, you know? And for a long time, we've done this thing in this country, 20, 30, 40 years with this, you know, you got to eat bread and you got to eat grains and all this food group stuff. And, and then we did the whole, when I was young, we did the whole margarine thing and cholesterol is bad and all these things that just are proven to be untrue. And we probably weren't eating enough really good lean protein and we were eating too much grains because grains weren't full of quote unquote fat, right? They didn't have a lot of fat and they didn't have cholesterol. So you could eat crackers and chips and potatoes and rice and all this other stuff all day long. And because of the way we eat, instead of like making our own stuff and maybe eating some organic sweet potatoes or something like that, which are probably perfectly fine, we're eating stuff that comes in a box, whole grain, pick your name, right? Whole grain crackers, whole grain garbage, whole grain cereals, right? Just, just junk. And then full of fillers because that's what we do, man. We're a capitalistic society. If we can find a way to inject something that's really cheap to make a food more robust, listen, we're going to do it. That's how capitalism works. We're going to do it, right? It's not illegal. And as long as the FDA allows that chemical in in small quantities, we're going to do it. So, you know, I'm just, I don't know, going through all that stuff. I get a little bit fired up, a little bit cranky. Uh, it happens, happens to me a lot. And that's kind of where I am over the last day or two. You know, we got to eat really good, healthy things, things that have a reason to eat them. We got to, we got to be thoughtful. We got to think about what we're doing. We got to do some research and some reading. Everyone's different. Body types are different. What makes people feel good is different, but we need real whole healthy food. We need it in fairly small quantities because especially as adults, we don't need nearly as many calories as we think we do. We need to, I believe we should take some time off and let our body have a break. I mean, read the research on, on some type of fasting, getting rid of the, the dead cells and, and letting your body rejuvenate and giving your digestive system a chance to relax and letting your body calm itself uh, has from my perspective and from what I've read, wonderful benefits. And again, it doesn't have to be 24-hour fast or three-day fast, which people do. And, and I think those are probably great. I would love to do one. I don't know that I'm, I can, I don't know that I have the discipline to really get into that. Maybe I will at some point, but for me, I still think, you know, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 hours is very doable and really good for you. So those are the things that are the staples. And, and I'll probably talk about them over and over again for forever. 
and keep hitting on them, but I don't just want to keep saying the same thing. And I certainly am not looking for other ways out. I'm not looking for other excuses. I just want to be in this uh, pattern. I want to be in this structure. This is how I eat. I went out for dinner with a friend on Wednesday night, texted me, called me, said, Hey, you, you know, you up for going out? Um, whatever. And I said, sure. Now I knew right then I it was like five o'clock. I had already eaten dinner at four 30. I already had a salad at four 30. I knew right then I wasn't going to eat. I also knew he didn't have anybody around. He was, he was down in my area, um, doing some things and he, he wasn't with his family. So he was by himself. He was going to go get something to eat either by himself or with me. So I, I said, yeah, I'll go with you. I'd like to go there. I, I enjoy hanging out and talking and all stuff. But I knew right then, like I wasn't going to eat and I was probably going to drink seltzer water. Um, but I didn't want to tell them he, him that because I, he would have been like, oh, that's all right. You know, whatever. But I wanted to keep him company. So I was like, yeah, sure. I'd love to go out. So I went out and then we get there. He said, hey, what are you going to have? And I said, I'm probably not going to eat, <laughs> you know, because I had already eaten 4.30. And m- everyone who knows me kind of knows my drill. So it's not super earth shattering to hear that. Um, but I had a good old time. We sat at the bar. I had a good old time. I, it's a local place that I know and know, know the bartenders and know the people. We had a good old time. It wasn't a real big deal. Um, and I do that. Like, that's my thing. I didn't say, oh, well, this is going to be my cheat night. And I'm going to, cause I don't do that. Like, I just don't, I don't have that. The, I, I do do something that I do. I want to do less of, and I will continue to do less of until I probably do none of, and that's drink alcohol. I do do that still. I've, I've talked about that. On a Friday night, I might go have, you know, an IPA and a glass of wine or a couple glasses of wine or something with dinner. I may do that. Um, sometimes in the summertime, I may do that a couple times uh, because it's just summer and there's more going on and there's more people around and I do enjoy it uh, coming off, you know, when a really nice hot day. If I go meet friends at a couple certain restaurants we go to and you have some, um, I do love like little neck clams up here in the Northeast, raw ones, cooked ones. I like oysters, roasted. So I do, I love doing that. I love fish so much and seafood and all that kind of stuff. So if I have that, you know, having a nice beer with that, I do do that. Um, I don't consider those really cheat days or anything. Those are just the days that are kind of built into my routine that I don't think are great for me because I don't think alcohol is good for you, as I've said. Um, but that's my one kind of thing. Other than that, though, I don't do like the, I just don't do the once a week set in stone cheat thing. I do what I do. I think it's good. I think it's healthy. I'm trying to control what I can control. I'm trying to be as healthy as I can. And so those are kind of the things I do and I'm not trying to find other secret ways. So I guess that's what kind of got me off on a tangent. The other thing that's gotten me a little bit, um, I don't know, kind of, kind of in a little bit of a way, especially pertaining to this podcast is I'm, an information collector. Like I love information. I just take it in all kinds of information. I've never shied away from it. I mean, obviously, right. I'm doing this thing and you know, a lot of people have a lot of thoughts. People probably wouldn't be comfortable sharing them or whatever. I'm fairly comfortable sharing any thought I have. I don't really understand. I respect it tremendously, but I don't really understand folks who just don't want to ever talk about certain things or, or talk about anything and don't want to have discussions because they're either a little uncomfortable or they don't want to hear other opinions. And there's a lot of that. I would say even the majority of societies like that. I don't really understand that. And I respect it, but I don't really understand it. My wife's kind of like that. Respect the hell out of her. Love her to death. She's the, literally the greatest human being I've ever met in my life. Um, and anyone who knows her would probably say the same and understands why I say that because she is. She's just the absolute greatest. And best thing that I've ever done in my in my life and changed my life. Period. Um, 
And she's like that. She just she doesn't find the need to engage. Maybe that's why I'm doing this podcast because she just doesn't find the need all the time to engage with me on every single topic. I'm pretty comfortable doing that. I'm a collector of information. I love gathering information. I like learning. I like knowing things. Maybe it's because I'm a control freak and I want to have an idea of why things happen. Give you a little story about that. I've had a couple surgeries. I think I mentioned I had my stomach redone. I had two major hernias after a surgery. So it was incisional hernia, not like the little inguinal, you know, you pull a muscle. This was a big stitches came open hernia. And after the failed repair, the first time I had to go to a specialist in Maryland and get my stomach completely kind of restructured with a large piece of Gore-Tex, um, eight inches long and 11 inches wide. So how's that sound for fun? And I'll tell you what, I watched that surgery online probably 20 times before I had it done. I want to know every single thing that went into that. That's just how I'm wired. Crazy, but that's just how I'm wired. I mean, I was talking to the doctor and the specialist. I was asking him about the centimeter placement of the tax and all the stuff, stuff that I watched him do online. I knew it all and I wanted to know because I'm, and when I came out of the surgery, I was quizzing him on how this went and that went and whatever. Because I, I just, I don't know. I guess I'm a control freak. I need to know what the heck's going on. Uh, it lends itself to some anxiety and certainly in certain situations that I've think I've controlled pretty well and learned how to deal with. And I'm pretty comfortable in that. Um, but I like information for that reason. And so I say all this with the preface of it's political season, man. And I like politics and whoa, like, you know, half of the people listening just went, oh, politics. Like no one wants to talk about politics. People don't want to talk about religion, right? All those things we're not supposed to talk about. I don't understand why. I really don't. Um, and I I want to say I like politics. I enjoy politics. I mean, I, I don't because I find it, um, I don't know, silly at times and interesting. And I don't know why we do things the way we do it, all that stuff. But I'm so engaged in politics. I always have been my whole life because these are our leaders who make laws and rules and govern us. And, and they have tremendous, tremendous impact on our lives. And the fact that we don't want to engage in those discussions drives me crazy. And so I'm going to engage in a little bit of that today, talk a little bit, because I watched the Republican debates the other night, and I'm sure I'm the only one in this conversation right now who watched the, those, and that's fine. And um, it's going to be political season, and we're going to have a presidential election. And it's going to be hard for me to do this podcast without talking about stuff like that, because it's it's interesting to me. It has a huge impact on our life. I don't think you can have the pursuit of wisdom without wanting to know what's going on, what's happening in society. It has an impact on our health. It has an impact on the air we breathe, the water we drink, uh, our ability to make a living, uh, our ability to have healthy choices and do things, our ability to make choices for ourselves. I mean, all those things. And they're all over the spectrum. And the thing that I find and this is going to be broad based. Like I don't have these hard, I, first of all, any hard and set fast opinions that I have about anything, I would never, I probably wouldn't share those because those are my hard and fast opinions. Those aren't for the collective. And I understand keeping those close to the vest. Uh, that's not a problem. But talking about the big picture stuff, I think is super helpful. And we should be doing it. And the first thing I would say about that is this. I'm not registered as a Democrat or Republican. I never have been. 
Um, so I'm, I, you know, different states are different things. Some states call them independent, some call them unregistered or unaffiliated voters or whatever. That's fine. My first thought is, how come everybody isn't? I don't understand why, as John Q. Public or a citizen, if you register to vote in a state, you have to declare what party you're registering for. That has never made any sense to me. I think that is crazy. I think that's one of our biggest problems. If we want to have a two-party system, then that's fine. Up at the levels of people running, if they have to declare which party they're going in, because that's how they're going to raise money, right? And that's how they're going to coalesce. And in our system of government, especially at the federal level, Congress, you know, they have chair, they have all these committees and they have chairs and the people that go on them are representative of the party that's in charge and the whoever has the White House. And I get all that. So if you have to have parties at the top, that's fine. If we have to, if our elected officials have to join a party because there's no other way for them to get elected, which is probably true, right? Because they can't fundraise enough and they can't get the support and backing and all those things. You know, I guess that's how it should be. I'd rather, I wish it wasn't like that, but I guess that's how it has to be. And that's fine. And that's, that's too far afield that that's going to change. But why does the voter have to declare? Why do we always have to be put in a box of what party? Like, why do we have to declare? I don't even understand that. I I really don't. You have to align with all these things of one side or the other. I I hate it. And the worst part about that is states won't allow you. uh, Well, not every state, but a lot of states won't allow you to vote in the primary. My state, I can't vote in the primary. Can't vote. Right. I'm almost 50 years old. I'm an attorney. I was in the army. I mean, I think I've done my part. I think I know a little bit about the constitution. I think I know a little bit about American society and politics. I think I'm a pretty informed voter. I can't vote in the primary. I have to pick, I have to pick a side to vote. I think that's insanity. And I don't think it helps us. I think every single person who's registered to vote and not running for office should be an unaffiliated. I don't think there should be an affiliation. Why does there need to be an affiliation? Why? Right, go down to your town hall, register to vote. I'm registering to vote. My name's Ryan Alger. Okay, great. Here you go. Blah, blah, blah. What's your address? Okay, great. Show us, you know, whatever. Here you go. You're registered. There's your polling place. And then I go and I vote. And then primaries come, I vote. Maybe I want to vote in a Republican primary because I really like somebody who's a Republican this year. Maybe I want to vote in a Democratic primary because I really like someone who's in a Democratic primary this year. I can't vote twice. That would solve, number one, a lot of our problems. I mean, that would solve a lot of our problems because let's say, quite frankly, I'm just talking political system here right now. And I know... It's hard because no matter what you say, everybody who's listening, and it's probably down to two now, want to put you in a box. I mean, I taught constitutional law at West Point. I saw the faces of the cadets when I taught constitutional cases. And if you said one thing that leaned, if you were like, well, the justices thought this, and you and you it almost looked like you were saying, well, they were they were right. The half the class who was liberal thought you know, okay, well, now he's definitely a Republican. Half the people that were Republicans now, oh, now he's definitely liberal. Nobody ever says, oh, that person's really independent, ever. They're just showing both sides. Never. They never said that. They have to. They have to have you in a box. They have to, to understand and try to um, relate. They got to put you in one of the boxes. And we've been doing it forever. And I hate it. I absolutely hate it. We would do a lot better if voters just registered to vote and vote, because what, what what you got without whether you're talking, when we're not talking about policies, what you got right now is if you if you let the polls go right now, you got two 80 year old plus dudes going to run for president. Like who likes that? I mean, honestly, like really, who wants that? Just in a vacuum. 
I'm not saying pick one over the other or anything. Just that good. I mean, is that good? We, we're, we're good with that. Having, and I'm not talking dudes who are going to be 80 at the end of their term. We're talking about dudes in their 80s, in their 80s, like in their 80s. That's what, that's what we can do. That's the best we can do in this country. Dudes, a couple dudes in their 80s. I mean, seriously. I mean, how is that not frustrating to every single person, regardless of your thoughts and your views and all that stuff? It's, it's ridiculous. And we get that because you only have to get a small percentage of the primary voters. You do. You do, which is a really, really, really small percentage of the American voters, right? If you go, if you say, say 35, 38% are in each party, something like that, 70% of the electorate, 75% of the electorate is registered in one way or the other, right? So if you're getting 50% of the Democrat primary, 50% of the Republican primary, you're only getting 17% of the actual electorate and you can be a candidate for president. And if you have multiple people running, like we see in the Republican Party now, right, all these people running, which you have because there's no incumbent. So that's very normal. But if you have all these people coming, I mean, you only need to get probably 22 percent. I mean, you get 22 percent of that 35 percent. I mean, that's only six. What's 22 percent of the 30 16 or less? I mean, you can win a primary. And that's what we have. And that's what we've had for now decades and it ain't helping us if anyone thinks it is i i vehemently disagree with you it's not helping us it's not because you have such a small percentage of the people picking the candidates right i mean we already have the money issues and all that other stuff right the ability to raise money like money is so involved you can't run for political office without money I mean, you got to have money. You got a boat, and at the federal level, you have to have boatloads of it. So there's already that barrier that you have to deal with, and how influential that is. But if you think about our system and where we are, and the fact that how we choose our candidates, and the fact that we're going to go into election potentially, potentially, maybe things will change with two eighty-year-old, mid-eighty-year-old dudes. I mean, give me a break. Like that's frustrating for me. That's frustrating. The other thing that's really frustrating, and uh, again, I think it all dovetails on our electorate. Like we need a more informed electorate. Like we have to start thinking. The pursuit of wisdom covers everything. So that's that's where I'm at because I'm a, like I said, I'm a little fired up today. I'm a little grouchy today because of a few things, and and these are these are some of them. Our electorate's got to get smarter. We got to get better choices, and I don't really care which side, but. You, you, I look at people and there's a lot of people I've, I've voted for people in both parties. I have over my life. I've had friends who have run in both parties. I mean, I look at people in certain things and the issues have gotten so mangled now. I mean, they're so mangled that it's hysterical to think what Republic, what a Republican might've supported 30 years ago versus what they're supporting now, what a Democrat might've supported 30 years ago, what they're supporting now. I mean, we could do a whole thing on vaccines and how that, ideology has switched. Like that ideology has switched right on its face, right on its face. The anti-government, anti-establishment, anti-vaccine movement now is Republican. Like 
I mean, if, if you're, if you've paid any attention over the last 30 years, if you're an adult and you're in a similar age range as age range as me, that's nuts. I mean, the anti-vaccine anti-establishment movement was the hippie movement of the sixties and the liberals in the seventies and eighties. Those were the people, the actors and actresses were coming on saying, Oh, you shouldn't get vaccines for your kids. But COVID changed all that. Changed all that. So now all of a sudden, all those people like are, you know, I'll use my mother for an example. So I'm not picking on anybody. I'll pick on my mom. She doesn't follow this or watch any of this stuff. So she won't hear this anyway. But I've had this conversation with her. I mean, my mom's a pretty liberal person. My dad's a little more conservative. I grew up in a house kind of, you know, one conservative, one kind of liberal. That's just kind of how I am. Maybe that's why I'm, I feel like I'm stuck in the middle and I can't get out. But I mean, she was anti-vax, anti-medicine, like, you know, whole foods, holistic approach to everything and nothing wrong with that, but that's her mindset. And then COVID came and she's a vaccine freak. That's a total switch. Like it is. So, I mean, we don't even stay consistent with the boxes we put ourselves in, you know, we don't even stay consistent. And I'm watching that Republican debate the other night and I'm just thinking, I've been watching these things for 40 years. I've always been engaged. Like I've said, I, I just have, since I was young, um, enjoyed politics, enjoyed talking about that. Discussions in my house were always very broad ranged. I have two parents that are a little bit opposite um, on the spectrum a little bit and both like to share views and opinions, especially within the family. And it was good. It was good. But uh, lots of conversations and lots of I'm um, going back and forth like that. That was never an issue. And and so I'm very comfortable doing that, as I've mentioned before. And I wish other people were because I think it would make it an easier place to uh, to get some political progress, actual progress. Um, that I don't think we have because I'm watching this debate the other night in 40 years of watching debates and we're saying the same darn things we've been saying for 40 years. Candidates are saying the same things. And I'm just like, man, good Lord. We got to fix the economy. Okay. Haven't heard that before. Every single election got to fix the economy. Well, you know what? Republicans have had presidents and Congress. Democrats have had presidents and Congress and no one's fixed a damn thing. So. Right, they they both had m multiple opportunities to fix whatever they keep talking about fixing. Right, whether it's healthcare, whether it's immigration, whether it's the economy, whether it's entitlement programs, and they don't. They never do. They say the same thing. But I'm going to do it this time because I'm new and approved. I'm the new and improved. I'm going to fight for you. I mean, good lord, it's just the same words. Over and over again. I mean, my goodness, it's the same. It's really tough. It's tough when you've watched as many of those things as I've watched, and, and I do. I watch a lot of them because I am a collector of information. I like information, and I'm trying to stay informed. And I'm trying to see if there's any worthwhile thing. Not that it matters because I can't vote in the primary. So, not that it matters. So, if there was some person up there, I mean, obviously, I could switch and I could get into a party and all that. So, but I'm not doing that because I don't want to affiliate with party. I don't want to affiliate with the party. That's a problem. 
I don't want to affiliate with the party. And then when the party says, oh, now we support vaccines. Okay, now I support vaccines. Now we don't. Now I don't. Now I don't anymore. Now we support strong military overseas and support against Russia. Oh, I support that. Now we don't. Oh, now I don't. Now I don't. Take the money back. Like, I mean, I can't, I can't do that. I, I don't know how people do that. I, I don't. I don't know how we keep switching ideologies within that framework and structure. I really don't. Because that's what happens. It happens all the time. And I, it's, it's not helping us. It's not helping us. Um, so the movement is on. It is political season. That was a little rant about politics. I have a lot more to say about that. I might, I might go in that direction a little bit during the presidential election. If there are things out there, I can't help it, but I want everyone to be an unaffiliated voter. I don't want to be in a box. I don't want to put a person in the box because they say one thing or they agree with one thing or they agree with one person on one thing. Nowadays, like you agree with one person on one thing and it's like, oh, well, you must be the same party. Well, I'm not. I'm not. You know, you can, you can, you can have differences of opinions and you can like a certain political ideology or candidate running that doesn't share all your values and you could vote for them or all your opinions and you could actually vote for them. Like that's a thing it's happened. I've done it. I know it can happen. I, I wish we were all unaffiliated. I wish States would not put you in a box and allow people to just vote. I think we'd get better candidates. You need better candidates to have better leaders. We don't have that. That's really gone by the wayside and think about it. Like who would want to, who wants to get in this mess this day and age? Like when I was growing up, Government jobs, man, they were held with such high esteem, like FBI agent, U.S. attorney, and you know all these different things, even army officer, all that stuff. And I mean, they're just not held in that regard anymore. They're not. The pay's terrible. They're not held in great regard. I mean, who wants to get involved in politics and run through that junk? So you get all these, you get a lot of folks who just, you know, and, and I've had some really good people that I've known friends that I've known in politics. I mean, great people. And they're out. They get out. They get out because it just gets ridiculous. And if you're not from a mountain of wealth, I mean, it's, and I know people disagree with this, but I mean, on certain levels, obviously the wealth comes afterwards or whatever. But I mean, if you're just like a, you know, a rep or a, even a congressman and you're young and you don't have a lot of wealth, I mean, you're, you're sleeping in your office, man. Because you can't afford an apartment in D.C. and an apartment in your hometown. And if you have a family, forget it. So there's all those other things. So they get out. So we don't have a good structure for good candidates. And you know how I know? You know the proof of that is? We got two 80-year-old dudes potentially running for president. Two. Neither one of them does 50% of the country like. So, I mean, that's... That's facts. That isn't ideology. That isn't anything. Right? I mean, that's facts. Like, we ain't talking about 70. We ain't talking about Reagan when he was in his, like, 72, and we thought he was ancient. And I get it. Times have changed a little bit. We live a little bit longer. Not much, but we live a little bit longer. We're a little maybe more healthy. But, I mean, I mean, just let it sink in. Like, say it out loud. Like, sit back and think about over the years. And decades and administrations, like that's what we're looking at. So we're not, I mean, scoreboard, we're not picking good candidates. We're just not. 
So I'd love to see that change. And the only way that changes is if there's an uprising from the people, because this is the greatest country in the world. And the constitution is the greatest written document ever. And I, and I stand and I, I'll stand by that. I mean, I, yeah, you heard me. I said it and I get it. There's religious texts out there and all that other stuff, but you know, we'll leave that for another day. Cause that's a little different, but the greatest document ever written by man, the constitution of the United States. I was a constitutional law professor. I believe in it. I love it. Uh, it's, it's an unbelievable document, unbelievable in the test of time, which it serves. And this country for all its flaws, which we have a million of them, especially when it comes to food, is the greatest country in the world. And you can't get me off that position. Um, that doesn't mean what makes it the greatest country is our ability to question it, our ability to think about things, our ability to say, like, our food supply stinks, our American diet blows. Like, that's what makes it the greatest. Our, our want to and internal push to become a more perfect union because we're not perfect. That is what makes it unbelievably fantastic. And the ability in the Constitution to recognize those things that long ago, right? That long ago. And a Bill of Rights and all those things. Unbelievable. Um, but what we're not doing right now is we're not fulfilling that prophecy, in my opinion, with our ability to vote and the way we do that and the structure of the two-party system that has trickled down to state elections and primaries. and have made us so divided. Now there's, listen, there's money in that. And, and that's, that's a whole nother rant. I mean, there's money in that there's money in keeping people divided. There just is, there's big money, right? You convince, you know, rich people convince, convince other rich people, you know, or one party convinces the rich people that it's poor people's fault that, you know, they have to get taxed. And then the other party can, can convince the poor people that it's the rich people's problem. They don't have any money. Like, and if you can do that, right, you have a base, you have a base. And if you can keep people, on those opposite ends, you can have a base and you can raise funds and you can do all those stuff and you can run for office. So there's a whole other issue. And in a capitalistic society like that, sometimes it's ugly. It's ugly with, with everything we do. And, and food's one of them because there's an ability to make money off of junk food, right? I mean, there's an ability to make money off of junk food and other things that are bad for us that if we can just make it not, you know, in small increments, we can make it okay and pretend and gloss over it. Uh, we can sell a lot more and we can make a lot more. And all those things kind of drive me nuts. I mean, all those things kind of bother me. And I do want to talk about some of them. And if I'm not going to use this podcast as like a working thing where I'm going out and I'm trying to solicit stuff and do all that. And listen, I'm not saying I wouldn't advertise cause I would, and maybe I will. And I hope, I, I guess I hope I will, but I can't do the stuff that, you know, just isn't helpful to what I believe and what makes this fun for me, what makes this enjoyable for me. And I hope for the, you know, over a thousand plays and over 150, folks per week and all that stuff. I hope for them makes it somewhat enjoyable for them. And hey, listen, I'm cognizant of the fact that I might've just lost everybody because I'm not talking about putting salt in my water and I'm not talking about, um, you know, eating grass fed grass finished beef and how much, how many ounces I eat of it and not eating seed oils because they're the way they're structured or bad and the difference between omega threes and omega sixes and omega nines. And I'm not doing that. And that's what people really want to know. And, um, I'm going to do more of that. 
but I'm going to do some other stuff too, because I listen, eat right. You know what I mean? Like we're covering that. We're covering that. We know the drill. Get your sleep. Don't drink a bunch of alcohol. Control that crap. Get your sleep. Give yourself a few hours before you go to bed. You'll sleep better. Stay hydrated. Let's figure out what hydration means. We're working on that together because we're working on our salt and our water and trying to figure out our minerals. Check your, your vitals. You should know what your heart rate is, your resting heart rate, your sleeping heart rate. You should know that. If you don't know that, it's really hard to know if you're doing well. You should know what your heart rate is. So get some way to monitor that. What's your sitting resting heart rate? What's your blood pressure? Not once a year at your physical, but what's your blood pressure throughout the year? You should know that. You should have an idea of what that's like, right? You should know if you feel tired or not tired. I mean, all those things. We're going to try to work on hydration. That's something I haven't mastered, as I told you, and I'm working on it. I mean, I don't think clear pee is necessarily the only answer for hydration, and it may not even be the best because it may just be a water flushing event. So we're going to work on that and try to figure that out. But all these things, you know, they are what they are, right? We've been through them. I mean, it is what it is. And we're going to keep reinforcing those things. And we're going to talk about some other things that we're trying and some habits that we're trying to build. And we're going to talk about habits that we're trying to break. And we're going to start talking about, you know, like our emotional stuff. Right, because there's things that are hard that impact us, our anxieties and our emotions, and like how we feel as humans. Because anxieties for everybody. How do we deal with it? Can we deal with it on our own? I mean, medication's huge now. Like medication for everything is really, really big on everything. And I, I don't know. It, it takes, it takes a lot to get the big guy to put anything in his body like medication. It really does. It takes a lot takes a lot for me to take an Advil. I'll take one if I have to. I have a um, medication that I take if I go into AFib. Haven't taken it in almost a year, which has been great, but I take 25 milligrams if I go into AFib. Like, and I take that because it helps me. And there's medications that help you, you know, and you need. So I'm not like, oh, anti-medication. You know, I don't like taking getting vaccines, but that doesn't mean I haven't got some. You know, it's just everything's kind of an individual basis and thinking about it, but there's a lot. And then, you know, we seem to have a pill for, and I mean, now they got the pill for weight loss, the Ozempic, they got the pill for weight loss, which is dry. That's driving me crazy as well. And that's going to prove to not be helpful. In my opinion, it's going to prove to lose a lot more than just fat. Like when you lose weight, you lose a lot of, usually you lose a lot of fat if you're doing it right. I have a feeling that pill is going to show some other types of weight loss, which I don't know if that's the best thing. So, you know, so treating our bodies well and kind of trying to adapt and trying to find ways to deal with all these things that we go through uh, are great. And we want to do that. And I want to share those because we all have them. And the older you get, I think, you you know, you obviously have more issues, right? There's more health issues. There's more anxiety. There's more things going on. And it's hard. It gets really hard. Relationships get hard. And that impacts you. Stress impacts you. And stress is a really big negative impact on all your health. So you can be doing everything the right way. But if you're causing yourself a lot of stress, then you're not going to find really good health benefits. 
And so I want to get into some of those, but I did want to, I, I was having a day. Uh, so I jumped on my journal here. I did my journaling. Feels great. Not quite as grumpy as when I started. Feeling a lot better. Going to go do some things this weekend with the family and uh, getting back to a lot of other stuff next week. So it's going to be hard to probably put together something, but I will, uh, hopefully. And trying to keep this enjoyable and fun and part of my uh, lifestyle change, honestly. And I, I just want to be really honest because that's what I felt. So that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing and it works. And I hope you all got something out of it. I hope you all enjoyed it if anyone's left because, I mean, I know better than anybody because I've done it. As soon as you bring up anything um, that's remotely controversial or, or whatever you want to call it, like like political statements or anything, I mean, it it usually falls on deaf ears. It's like a fart in church going on. So I get it, but I guess I just don't care. It was something I wanted to talk about and put out there. So hope everyone's doing well. Listen, regardless of all that, you keep walking. You keep getting to sleep. You keep eating things that put nutrients into your body and not chemicals and junk. And you'll feel better. You'll do better. You'll meet your goals. You'll start to hit things that you never thought possible. I truly believe that. Hope everyone's doing well and take real good care. And I ain't trading my dreams for no fun.